Today's episode of Lions of Liberty contains a little bit of adult language and a whole lot of fun. So hi, the kids. Grab yourself a drink and enjoy the show. Trump's going to start a war. Hillary Clinton has started wars and will start wars. That's almost guaranteed. Trump's going to spy on you. Hillary Clinton would do the same. Trump's going to eat a baby. Hillary Clinton eats babies every day. <laughs> Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Welcome on back, my Liberty Lummoxes, to the Lions of Liberty podcast, your home, as always, for great conversations about the ideas of liberty. And we are going to have another fun one today because we're going to have another one of our classic roundtable discussions, a modern classic, if you will. In this, the 233rd episode of this program, which means that you can find the show notes for today featuring links to everything we discuss over at lionsofliberty.com slash 233. Today's show is sponsored by another great libertarian podcast, We Are Libertarians. If you enjoy this program, I guarantee you're going to enjoy what Chris Spangle and the team are doing over at We Are Libertarians. Check them out at wearelibertarians.com. All right, folks. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we do indeed have another one of our roundtable discussions. And uh, I'm actually going to do a quick check with everybody I've got on here uh, to see if we're all drinking. If we can make this an official Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor episode, I can attest that I am currently drinking a, a lovely Angry Orchard um, hard cider. So that's nice. Uh, I also have on with me today, hailing from Pittsburgh, PA, Lions of Liberty co-founder, Felony Friday host, John Odermatt. What's up, man? Great to be here for this roundtable. All right. Now, I'm, I'm having a beer right now. Are you, are you drinking over there? I'm drinking uh, some Yinling, uh, the official Yinling. lager of Pennsylvania. I was on vacation last week at the uh, at the beach. I probably had about a hundred Yinlings, so I had some left over. So having do, one more. I do remember Yingling from my my Penn State days, and, I, and I'll, I'll make comments about that in a minute. I just want to bring on our, our other guests here first. So, of course, hailing from Leesburg, Virginia, in many ways known as the Godfather of Lions of Liberty, being the one who first introduced me to libertarian ideas, Mr. Howie Snowden. Hey, Mark. I am here in Virginia, but I am a true Pennsylvanian. I, too, am drinking Yingling tonight. You're both drinking Yinglings. Okay, well, maybe we can start off discussing this, because honestly, I have always thought Yingling was a very overrated and overhyped beer. Now, I didn't grow up in Pennsylvania, so I wasn't drinking this, like, at parties in high school, you know, in, like, parents' basements and stuff like that. I didn't discover it until I came out there uh, for college, where, of course, listeners of the program will know we all met at Penn State University. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just it, it tastes like a... I don't even know how to describe it. Not good. Mark, we didn't drink beer this good at parties at Penn State either. It was like well, natty ice or like yeast. <laughs> gold, gold. Uh, what was the one? It was like Go- gold, oh, crown. gold. Gold crown is the worst. Oh, man. That literally was someone drank yingling and then pissed in cans. And then that was gold crown. <laughs> American was pretty bad. We used to always get, uh, get American. American ice, too. That was it was like chunky. It was so bad. Chunky. <laughs> Rule number one with your beer, you do not want it to be chunky. <laughs> for all the newbies out there, for all the kids out there who haven't started drinking beer yet, if it's chunky, please throw it out. Please cease your drinking immediately. Are, are you drinking out of a bottle or a can? I'm Howie? drinking out of a bottle. I'm drinking out of, out of a, a bo- can. See, with, with Yinling, it's important because Yinling uses green bottles. So if you get any sunlight at all around the Yinling, the beer gets skunked. So, yeah, mine's out of a can as well. It's, yeah. it's the best way to drink Yinling. So I, don't maybe, like my, I don't want my trash to sound like I'm an alcoholic with all the bottles rattling. 
<laughs> maybe uh, some of my like worst experiences with the Yingling were, were then due to that. Maybe it was sli- a slightly skunked beer, because Lord knows there were probably cases of beer laying around uh, fully exposed to sunlight without anybody thinking twice about it back in our day. Probably, yeah. All right, well, I guess we can segue from the beer talk towards... Uh, Oh, heck, I don't know. That's the great thing about these episodes. We don't plan anything. So what's on your mind, guys? I'll let I'll let either of you take the take the floor here. Uh, can we talk about how awful Hillary Clinton is? I don't know. I, I don't uh... think anyone in our audience is going to be familiar with the, some of these arguments. So sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, OK, I'll let you start. But I, I have obviously my own thoughts. Obviously, we all know Hil- Hillary Clinton's awful. But there's just some other stuff that's been going on both at the DNC and at the um call it the Facebook level, the social media level that's been driving me crazy, but I'll, I'll let you take, take it, take first reign here. It's it's probably the same thing that's driving me crazy as well. It's, it's these, all these people on Facebook, it seems like 75% of my Facebook friends are a hundred percent anti-Trump, which is fine, but they, all of their criticisms of Trump could equally easily be applied to Hillary Clinton. Trump's going to start a war. Hillary Clinton has started wars and will start wars. That's almost guaranteed. Trump's going to spy on you. Hillary Clinton would do the same. Trump's going to eat a baby. Hillary Clinton eats babies <laughs> every day. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it drives me absolutely bonkers. It's Hillary Clinton stuff. And on top of it all, with the stuff with the DNC leak that happened last week, and the DNC immediately pivoted and blamed Russia for it, and Hillary Clinton, without batting and batting an eyelash, says, well, you know, we can't have a presidential candidate like uh, can't have a Donald Trump can't be president because he, he uh, he's asking Russia to uncover secrets. <laughs> it can manipulate some, the election. Some, it, it somebody can, it, can, it can manipulate democracy, which is exactly what the DNC was doing to give Hillary the nomination. Somebody compared that argument to like when someone gets caught cheating because they get text message on their phone and their, their girlfriend sees it or something. It's not how you found out. It's what you did. It's not. It doesn't matter if Russia, like, hacked the DNC. It's what those emails said. And Russia can, didn't can we, write can the we emails. Start off, can we start off with the fact that there's just no evidence for this Russia conspiracy theory either? I mean, maybe it's Russia. I don't know. But we don't know that. We just know WikiLeaks has these emails and has released them. And they're doing everything in their power to focus the attention on who might have leaked them, why they were leaked. Uh, you know, is Russia secretly trying to elect Donald Trump president? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Him and Putin seem to get along, so maybe they would prefer Donald Trump as opposed to Hillary Clinton, who's been actively uh, encouraging expansion near Russia's borders, actively basically trying to uh, instigate with Russia. So I wouldn't be surprised if Vladimir Putin would rather have Donald Trump uh, as president. But it's, it's it's like you said, Howie, and I saw that analogy somewhere too, so I apologize to whoever made it that we're not crediting for it. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's the way the evidence is found is a small part of it and maybe there's something wrong there but you know if my girlfriend sees on my phone me texting you know sexually explicit things with another woman it's a really dumb defense of me to just be like well why are you looking at my phone you know it's it's maybe she shouldn't be but what i'm doing is a lot worse i'm not doing this by the way uh to be clear what i would hypothetically (laughs) be doing in that case would be obviously much much worse and it's exactly the same thing with the dnc here they're just flailing their arms about about people stealing their emails people hacking them um in no way addressing the actual content of these emails it's it's just mind-boggling i didn't get to watch it either so i don't know if there's any validity to it but i did scroll by a youtube video today that was claiming that it was the nsa that hacked the dnc (laughs) that would be awesome if that's true i mean yeah finally the the nsa (laughs) spying could be used as as a force for good that would be wonderful but um i don't know i mean 
there's so much in these emails and that's only a portion of what I've seen. I mean, I'm sure there's just so much in there. I think one of the thing, things that struck me is the very blatant racism in the Democratic Party, the party that pretends to be this all-inclusive party that cares so much about cultural diversity. They're straight up calling their Hispanic constituents the Taco Bowl vote and 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 admitting that they need to craft their messages to manipulate these people to vote for them. Uh there there's references to Jews in there and the Jew vote. I mean, I mean this is your all-inclusive Democratic Party and we're supposed to be so afraid of Donald Trump's possible racism when we have actual racism documented within the highest ranks of the Democratic National Committee. Give me a freaking break. I cannot handle it and I'm okay if people criticize Donald Trump. Uh, for a lot of the things he said, uh, and, and a lot of the things he could potentially do, I'm totally on board with that. But if you make that argument and then turn around and say, therefore, we have to vote for Hillary Clinton, you have zero credibility to me because yeah. every bad thing you think Donald Trump might do, just like Odie was saying, up to and including eating a baby, Hillary Clinton has literally done short of the baby eating, but it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't the shock green, me. The green, the green Party's candidate, Jill Stein, has pointed this out to like all these things like that she ate a baby? That, and all these things that you're afraid that Trump is saying, Hillary's done them. Right. Yeah. I mean, and frankly, can we just talk about this racism thing again? Because I, I have a lot of criticisms of Donald Trump. A lot. Uh, a lot of them are because he's basically a progressive that's running. That's a Republican. I mean, he supports a lot of progressive policies. Uh, also, his his remarks about torture are very troubling. Uh, but I have never heard Donald Trump say something that's actually racist. I, I literally haven't. I've heard him suggest building a wall to keep out Mexicans that you know, may, might be committing crimes in his view. I don't agree with this statement whatsoever. But uh, Mexican's not a race, people. There's uh, white people that are Mexican. There are Hispanic people who are Mexican. Mexican's not a race. And I've never heard Donald Trump say something racist. I'm not saying he's not. Maybe he is. Uh, people say his grandfather was in the KKK, and I don't know anything about that. Maybe he was. But if we're looking at actual statements, the DNC is making literal racist statements. And I've never seen an actually racist statement made by Donald Trump. I've seen him say things I don't agree with, things I don't like, but I, not a racist statement. Am I wrong here? No, you're you're right. And it's if he's talking about some Mexican immigrants that he thinks are causing crimes, he's not talking about the whole nation either. It's I don't know. There's I mean, there are me, illegal to, immigrants that come here to, and to, cause crimes. To me, race racist means racist means you think that one race is better than another for some reason or another. And I don't think that that is the case. I I don't know. I mean, he might I, I, I don't support it, Trump. But, but. I don't. I think he says a lot of dumb things. Like, I guess the big thing recently that he hasn't been able to shake is when he was talking about the the parents of the the Muslim soldier that had died. And uh, I mean, that's another thing where I don't agree with what he said, but the whole thing boggles my mind how it's dragging him down. But the facts are, if it wasn't for people like Hillary Clinton, their son wouldn't be dead. Like, exactly. And is, is it really driving him down? I, I I don't know if it is. I mean, the media keeps harping on it, but I'm not sure if it's actually affecting, you know, you know, I don't think people are jumping off the, the Trump train, as they call it, you know, saying they're going to vote for Hillary now because of this. Yeah, I mean, this this thing with the con guy, I mean, I don't want to attack the guy. I mean, I'm sure the guy is very distraught over the death of his son, rightfully so. Um, and but the fact that the DNC and is, is propping this guy up uh, and, and that he's allowing himself to be propped up because he is being used as a political tool um, 
at a convention that is nominating Hillary Clinton, who is a vocal supporter of the war, the Iraq war that killed his son, voted for it, supported it, supported other wars since then, has by all evidence that's become available recently, supported coups in Syria, supported coups in Libya, and has helped to literally arm ISIS. And yet, this is the person that you're going to stand next to and say, and literally there's delegates chanting, no more wars, no more wars, while Hillary Clinton, one of the most well-documented supporters of wars abroad in history, is up there. It's just, it's absolutely mind-blowing, and I have to think that there's just a lot of good people that just... I don't know if they're just ignorant of this very, very available information or they just have a, a willful disconnect because they just they see they perceive Donald Trump as being so much worse that they just it's they religiously have to cling. Like Obama said about people clinging to their guns and their religion. These people have to cling to Hillary Clinton as their savior because they don't know where else to turn. And maybe uh, Gary Johnson and his 73 percent I side with with Bernie isn't isn't convincing them. Well, the media is totally swaying people's views, too. If the RNC had gone the way the DNC did with all the boos and the protests and like everything about all the corruption coming out during it, we would never hear yeah, the end of it. Did you guys know That's, there were riots at the DNC? Yeah, this all gets glossed <laughs> over because people don't like what Trump said about this. Uh, these parents of this soldier, this other awful shit about Hillary. They just brush it aside every time. Yeah, I mean, I saw some disturbing things at the RNC, plenty of police state promotion, plenty of warmongering, policy suggestions that scare the crap out of me. And that first day, there was some, you know, a little bit of tension with uh, the never Trump people, but that died down pretty quickly. Uh, meanwhile, the DNC, uh, from all accounts, was hectic as all hell. The Bernie people were booing Hillary. Uh, Bernie himself got booed at one point when he's when he emphasized that you need to vote for Hillary. Uh, I, I've seen reports that they replaced Bernie delegates with with other people in seats. Uh, there's just so much that has come out. But this is I mean, I don't watch the mainstream media at all. So it's sometimes hard for me to discern what makes it to my Facebook feed and how that compares to what a lot of other people are seeing on you know CNN and MSNBC, because I, I really avoid that stuff as much as possible. But uh, it does seem like the, the reporting of these two events is extremely skewed and I, I don't see how they're going to convince these uh, bernie or bus supporters that hillary is lesser of two evils if you get it give it any kind of decent scrutiny i i can't think of anyone who's run for president more evil than her i see a lot well, of, I, yeah go ahead Odie. I, I think i think the difference is um you know what what really propelled barack obama to to winning in 2008 and 2012 especially 2008 was there were so many people that were passionate about his campaign, you know, hope and change and all that crap that they went and recruited other people. They brought their families to vote to vote for Barack Obama. They brought their you know, friends, neighbors, whoever they you know, drove buses to get people to the polls. People aren't going to do that for Hillary Clinton. People who are voting for Hillary Clinton are most of them are holding their nose while they do it because they're doing it to justify that they're keeping Trump out of office. You're not going to have people actively going out campaigning. I mean, you have some, but you're not going to have a lot of people. You're not going to have people getting motivated to volunteer to campaign for Hillary Clinton. So I, that's why I think that Donald Trump will still win. Maybe it won't be a landslide, but I think that he just has more, you know, is, it, like you said, there's a lot to fear with the Donald Trump presidency. But you can't you cannot doubt that he has found he has tapped into just an element of just the, the irate and distrust of the government. Um, that he's really tapped into that. And I think that people like that are going to do more to bring voters out than the Hillary people. 
Yeah, it's, it's really hard to say how this is all going to play out because I, I see two kinds of uh, ex-Bernie bros, I guess. I see I see some people that are still saying we will not support Hillary, and, and actually a lot of them are turning to Gary Johnson. I've seen some, some amount of that. Um, I've also seen – this is really a, a funny thing to me. I've seen – <laughs> it's really interesting the uh, the different ways that libertarians perceive things as, as opposed to, you know, people of really any other political ilk, but I, I guess especially progressives, because I do see a lot of people talking about Gary Johnson that are Hillary people or, or formerly Bernie people that are saying, you know, God, we're going to I guess we're going to have to vote for Hillary because I guess I like a lot of things Gary Johnson says. But when you actually look at his his economic plans, he's an extreme libertarian. And I'm just thinking like, like, man, if only libertarians thought he was an extreme libertarian because libertarians don't think he's extreme enough or extreme at all or perhaps even a libertarian at all, depending on who you talk to. So it's just really interesting the, the perspectives that people can have about the same person, depending on what their their kind of preconceived political views are. I kind of think of a libertarian someone who who believes in libertarian philosophy that like, you know, you own your body, your mind, your skills, the fruits of your labor. And, you know, it's yours to do with as you want, as long as you don't hurt anyone else. Gary Johnson does not believe that if, if that's what we're judging, I would say he's not libertarian, but pragmatically just on issues, what works best. He almost always falls on the libertarian side of most issues, which I mean, I don't think he has our core philosophy, but practically, and for those reasons to him, he usually ends up siding with us. I mean, because logically, we we are usually right. And um, it's just, I kind of feel like I've been giving him too hard of a time, because even though I think his fundamental philosophy is flawed, we're together on so many issues. And if he were the president, he's so much better than Trump, so much better than Clinton. I think he would even be the greatest president we've had in my lifetime if he were ever elected. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to try it. Even with Darth Weld pulling strings behind him? <laughs> I mean, Weld, I'm a, I'm Weld is worse that. than him. But, but no, but still, if you think about even the things that we dislike about them, it's not like they're going to get into office and those are the things they're focused on that we hate most that they're going to be. Like, he's got to be sending the 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 bake-the-cake brigades out, you know, at all the bakers <laughs> making sure. Like, that's not going to happen. Gary's it's not, Cake Brigade. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... I don't think it, there's a chance of it happening, but if he were president, it would be a great thing for America. Yeah, I really go back and forth on Gary because I, mean, I agree with everything you said on actual issues, on his record. Like he's just so much better than the other two in reality. And uh, I mean, and I, I have a lot of respect for him because back in 1999, he was really, as far as I know, maybe the only governor to come out fully in support of, of legal marijuana. And that actually hurt his poll numbers. It actually hurt him with his constituency. And uh, he later was able to, to recover from that. But uh, it wasn't a position he had to take uh, at all. There's no really political benefit for him to take that position, especially in 1999. It's a much safer view to take now. So I, I have a tremendous amount of respect. He, he, he really likes marijuana. Though. He loves marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing. He's pro-marijuana because he loves marijuana. Not because he's 100% in favor of, you know, making drugs legal, which is actually explicitly stated by them that that we, uh, while we are explicitly in favor of, of marijuana being legal, we do not take that position on any other drugs. Now, I get it. It's not politically palatable to say make heroin legal, make cocaine legal, but it's the same principle, and that's where I start to have issues yeah. because I'm trying to convey principles here, and then they agree with the principle for one specific plant, but then not other ones. I I completely agree, but I would love to see that one step taken to see marijuana legalized across the whole country. Of course you know, you just a, a first step in the right direction. 
Um, I don't I don't expect to after the election, like all drugs be legal and the war on drugs is so devastating be ended. But I want to see progress in that direction. And if someone like Gary Johnson could get in and do that for marijuana, you know, that's the first step. Maybe we can get a more libertarian person next time and we can, you know, tout how well making this change in marijuana worked and get people to apply that to, you know, widen their scope and look at see the whole drug wars causing so much craziness. Right. And I think, Gary, I think that we're going to see marijuana legalization basically in the whole country in our lifetime, regardless of who becomes president, regardless of if it's Gary Johnson, maybe pushing it along further. I think that's actually a very unrealistic idea to think he could actually become president. But I mean, I don't think that I think this is going to occur at the state level. And it's really just going to be about when the federal government gives up. And there's a lot of indications that they already are. Did you guys know that both uh, Pence and Kane are like strongly against it, though? Uh, and Kane. I guess that's a little, the Kane part's a little more surprising. I'm not, I'm not surprised about, uh, Pence because our good friend Chris Spangle on our, on our last round table was telling us all about, uh, Mr. Pence and, uh, his, his drug warrior history. So that doesn't surprise me. Uh, but, uh, I Trump has gone back and Trump has gone back and forth right now. He, he was said, let the states decide. And he said, no. And now he's, I think now, I think now he's on the, let the states decide side again, which, you know, I, I think it just to be made legal over the country because it's right, but that letting the states decide is better than you know what we got today. I guess that's something else that troubles me about Trump is is that like you just don't know who he is. You d- you don't know. I mean, he's such a chameleon. He says so many, takes so many different positions that conflict each other. And while in many ways he seems like he could be less bad than Hillary, at least on foreign policy, possibly. Uh, he could also be the worst president of all time. Like, I just don't know what to expect from this guy. It is a big gamble. And um, with Hillary, it's almost like comforting that I know that what she is. You know, it's like, okay, she becomes president. I know what's happening. There's going to be some wars they don't like. But at least, like, the president is is sort of restrained mm-hmm. by Congress. I mean, Bill Clinton worked with Congress to pass legislation. He wasn't a dictator. Whereas, I don't know, maybe Trump would just start ordering people around. But, I mean, either way, the president can't really be a dictator unless there are other branches of government also decide to allow him to be a dictator. So, uh, I mean, our system is set up this way for a reason. It's not perfect. It's not an anarcho-capitalist paradise that a lot of our listeners would want, but it's better than if we had a a president with unlimited power or or some of the many other systems that of government that are out there. Can you think of anything Pivot back to talk about marijuana for a second? I I, always want to pivot back to marijuana. Maybe we've we've talked about it on a past roundtables, but there's a there's been a rumor and I guess it didn't happen because people were saying it was going to happen on August 1st that Obama was going to change the scheduling from schedule one to schedule two for marijuana, which would essentially decriminalize it. But it's not Obama, it's the DEA, and they've delayed their recommendation. So. Okay, so it would be the DEA, which I, I I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think it would, it would be a, a terrible move for, for the marijuana legalization movement, decriminalization, decriminalization movement overall, because essentially, what I mean, to me, what it looks like is they're just handing over control to uh, pharmaceutical companies. That at that point, when it's, when it's rescheduled, when it's changed to Schedule 2, there's more testing that can be done. Um, the, the the rules are are more laxed on uh on the I guess the FDA rules I guess they would be so well, essentially if it were scheduled two doctors across the whole country could prescribe it to any patients 
Yeah, it's right. kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's a difficult. It, that's the real hard thing with all these legalization schemes because almost every one of them includes a catch or several catches. And in this case, yes, definitely positive in a sense to you know reduce the the scope of what's allowed with marijuana or reduce I should say uh, reduce the scope of what the government would would uh, prevent its use. Um, once it's scheduled two, then you know pharmaceutical companies can start to make it but that's that's the problem now it's all through the fda and the fda can say okay this marijuana is approved but uh not like you know not johnny growing it in his field it's got to be from merck marijuana or whatever and now suddenly we've we've cartelized this whole now legal industry and gone backwards in a sense as well by putting it in the hands of the few and taking it away from the right of the people to grow this plant this naturally occurring plant that anybody should be allowed to grow without being assaulted and if they do it like that, it's not going to stop the black markets or violence that's associated with black markets. If it's only sold by Merck and it's super expensive and it's, you know, but anyone can grow it, you know, there's still going to be all those problems. Unless it's fully legalized, there's going to be issues. Either way, Gary's going to be smoking and eating his edibles after he gets off the campaign trail. I hope sure he has better better answers for the drug war coming up in the uh, the Libertarian Town Hall. CNN's doing again. He he was terrible on this in the last one. I hope to God you would think a Libertarian would have a good answer for this line of questioning. That's right. And uh, when many of our listeners are going to be listening to this on the day it airs, that town hall will be taking place tonight. If you're listening on Wednesday, if you're listening after Wednesday, it's already occurred. So maybe you have thoughts on it. But either way... You can tune back into the Lions of Liberty podcast this coming Monday because Brian McWilliams will be bringing you another edition of Gary Johnson's Neighborhood, Mr. Johnson's Neighborhood, I should say, and they will be taking a look at that town hall. So tune in for that, my friends. Now, what else is going on? Anything, uh, any other things we want to talk about with marijuana or should we uh, should we head back to this this Hillary Trump situation? Because I was talking about Howie, uh, not about Howie, I was talking with Howie just before the show and... Uh, I don't know. Part of me, the conspiracy theorist in me, has has some thoughts about about what's going on here. Are you interested to hear my theories, Odie? You were, you weren't on the call yet. Absolutely. Okay. So there is obviously this rumor has been out from the beginning. I mean, it's it's been basically public knowledge that Bill Clinton uh, encouraged Donald Trump to run for president. Seems a little odd. Uh, it's well known that Hillary and Donald Trump have been associated in the past. There's all pictures of them out there at the wedding together. They are both. Um, kind of uh protégés of Tony Robbins and his methods of of communication. Uh so there there is a connection between these two. So that that on its own does lend some credence to the theory that has been there since day 1 that Trump was there to destroy the Republican party and then just flop the race and and leave a smooth path for Hillary going forward. There's a decent amount of uh circumstantial evidence that that could be possible I think at this point. Uh, especially with with just all the things that Trump says and a lot of the positions he takes. And I mean, going after this con guy, I mean, it's I don't see how it's good in any way for him, but maybe it is good for him just the way he operates with a, a portion of his constituency. So what do I know? And then we have the Gary Johnson campaign. And suddenly you see Gary Johnson and Bill Weld on the last town hall calling Hillary Clinton a, uh, you know, a respected, uh, an excellent public servant. And you hear Bill Weld talking about how he goes way back with Hillary Clinton and, and all oh, that rascally kid. She, he pats her on the head and she's just a, just a good kid, that one. So we've got Bill Weld, who is admittedly a lifelong friend of Hillary Clinton, who has found his way into the Libertarian Party. We have Donald Trump, who is a known associate of the Clintons, who has taken over the Republican Party. So have all parties besides maybe the Green Party been co-opted by, by the Hillary people? That's, that's a question that I am still not sure of. 
did you know did any of uh bernie's staff switch over to hillary would you think was there a, a bernie plant in any of the or a hillary plant in the Ber- sanders campaign uh, you know, part of me thinks that Bernie was always, always a plant to to rally progressives that would otherwise have a lot of questions about Hillary to get them excited about activism, get them excited about politics again, give them something to believe in and then poop all over them and send them right into the Hillary camp. Now, maybe that's a little bit more of a conspiracy. I mean, I, I will say Bernie did seem to believe a lot of what he said, uh, but that's the result. Whether or not it was a conspiracy, that is how it turned out. So whether, know, it's, may- whether it's a pre-planned thing or whether it's just the nature of politics, uh, I mean, that that's the end result, guys. Maybe they thought he'd uh, energize the youth, but then they'd still be able to get them on their side. But maybe there's a chance that he opened a Pandora's box that it can't be closed and they'll never be able to get those people. Is it a Pandora's think- box of, of socialism? Because I'm not sure that's a box we want to open. <laughs> Well, maybe not that, but the fact that everybody sees how corrupt the system is now and how, like, the two parties, Republicans, Democrats, it doesn't matter. It's corrupt and it's awful. They don't have America's best interests at heart. You know, I think people are waking up and they're not going to be able to get away with the stuff that's been going on for, you know, our whole lives for very much longer. I think I think the whole game is going to change in our lifetimes because too many people are too well informed. There's. You know, we have podcasts, you know, internet for news. We don't have to listen to CNN or ABC, what they tell us is happening. I think too many people are waking up and this, no matter who wins, this election is going to be awful. But I don't think this crap is going to go on much longer. Odie, what do you think about my conspiracy theory? Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm just not big on conspiracy theories. I know, but um, we're having I, fun here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not I guess saying my I point literally is, believe it, but there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of evidence out there that it could possibly be something weird going on. That's all I'm saying. I, I just think that you know people aren't that smart to do conspiracies. You know, there's so much incompetence out there. I, I think if if anything, you know, Donald Trump getting so much momentum and winning the Republican nomination, a lot of it was was just dumb luck, good timing. On top of that, with his superior manipulation skills. Um, I, I, I really don't think there's anything nefarious in it. I don't think that he's doing it to get Hillary the nomination or anything like that. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I really do think I still do think that Trump is going to win. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The only way I don't think he wins is, is if my conspiracy theory is true, because <laughs> then he'll help tank. I, I actually, again, we're going to just steal a lot of ideas from people and not credit them. But I, I saw somebody mention this and it, it could kind of be like a, a movie. I mean, this would make an amazing movie. If it were true. If, if this did start out that way where they, they said, all right, Donald, you're going to go into the Republican party and just, and just cause havoc in there, you know, maybe even win the nomination. If that, if that's crazy enough to happen, although we doubt that'll happen, but just, just destroy the party, you know, do as much to, 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 to be smart to the Republicans as possible. And that's the plan. And Donald, for whatever reason is promised some stupid ambassadorship or something. And he agrees to it. And then, but then he starts going out and saying crazy stuff, thinking it's going to have this effect of, of, you know, besmirching Republicans. And unbeknownst to him, he starts winning and he starts winning primaries. And he start and he, before he knows it, he's a Republican nominee. And now he says, well, I don't need to go along with that plan. I can be president now. I don't need her. And, and obviously she can never, can never call him out. You can't say, Hey, we had an agreement. I mean, cause that, that, that ends your, you know, ends your credibility altogether. So, I mean, again, I don't necessarily actually believe this to be clear to my audience, but eh, these are the kind of thoughts that I think about when I got nothing to do, but think about Liberty for a day or so. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still I still have trouble buying into that. Or not not buying into it. I'm not saying that you're buying into it, Mark. You know, you you said that that's that's a conspiracy theory that that, that you think's out there. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't I don't see it. I, I don't see. You know, well, like what would be there would have to be something really significantly offered to entice Trump just to enter the GOP race for the only positive outcome of getting what? What would he get from it? Um, so it's hard. It's hard to even figure out what would motivate him to get it in the first place, if not to actually, you know, if not to actually win the win the presidency. Um, of course, maybe you know. I guess I'll toss out a conspiracy if we're talking about conspiracies because I've heard other people talk about this again. Once again, I won't attribute it to anyone because I have no idea who said it. But, you know, people have said, and I don't agree with this, people have said that Trump only got in because he wanted to, uh, you know, work on getting his name out there again to start his own news network. And this was this was a way to, you know, build contacts, build his brand build his network so Make he could launch a, a political know, force to be you know, taken seriously, a la like a Glenn Beck type thing. Right, right, and, and and start something like that, which I haven't seen anything else other than just wild speculation. That is a more plausible theory, I think, because then then you could at least see Trump's motivation to get involved in politics. Uh, either way, I mean, I, there's been reports that that Trump did start this not thinking he would really win per se, uh, but I think at some point when he started actually winning and when his poll numbers never dropped, uh, he might have realized. Oh my God, I can actually do this. And all these things I've been saying are working. So I'm just going to double down and keep saying crazy stuff and keep with my bold strategy of just using rhetoric to kind of turn the media in a whirlwind and, and drive all this attention to me because it worked in the primaries. So why wouldn't it work now? And a lot of people brush this off as, well, uh, uh, that's the Republican base and they're crazy and they're crazy. But Howie actually pointed something out to me the other day that I, I didn't know before. So, Howie, why don't you uh, tell us about the uh, the interesting statistic about jo- Donald Trump's GOP primary yeah, votes? I don't know if people are aware of it because the media makes it sound like, oh, he's barely winning. But Donald Trump has gotten more primary votes from Republicans than any Republican candidate ever. And more than ever. Ronald Reagan. More than- He's gotten the most Republican primary votes Ever. I think a lot of times when we think Trump's doing bad or he's it's it's just the establishment doesn't like him and the media doesn't like him and they portray it like he's struggling, but he's got a lot of support. I if he can get over some of the stuff that's going on now, which I I don't see why it would stick. The only the only reason is because he seems to not ever let anything go. And if he could just ignore some of the attacks against him, sometimes it'd be over faster. But I think the Trump's going to win. I think he's got a lot of support. I don't think anything the media says is going to change people's minds that are backing him already. And, and it seems like every attack on Trump, like we've said this before, it just it reinforces his narrative. His narrative is that the media is corrupt, that the media has it in the bag for Hillary, and the media is out to get him. And every time they attack him, they're saying, yep. Everything he's saying is right. So anybody that already believes that and already started to maybe even consider supporting him because he's anti-establishment or perceived as anti-establishment, all this does is reinforce that. And I, I mean, we can talk about this this thing with, uh, with the New York Post releasing these nude photos of, of Melania Trump, and it's oh. and it's supposed to damage Trump. Uh, this this has this reeks of Donald Trump master stroke, uh, and this clearly helps Donald Trump in so many ways a it subconsciously helps him with like men 
It just does. Machismo men that see Donald Trump with this beautiful, gorgeous woman, uh, it makes them like Trump more. It does. I mean, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, I, it's just a, a human nature thing. A lot of men are going to kind of think Trump is a more powerful, more masculine type guy. And then on the total flip side of this, I mean, they're slut shaming this person. And that actually helps him with, like, feminists, people that might feel sympathy towards this now. The fact that they're, they're plasting these photos out there. I mean, I, I mean, if you're a feminist, I, I, I think if you're a feminist and support Hillary Clinton because she's a woman, stop calling yourself a feminist. You're actually an anti-feminist if you do that. Because if you're actually supporting someone only because of their gender while ignoring their policies, in the case of Hillary Clinton... I think she's very anti-female in, in many of her policies uh, because, uh, you know, females die in wars, too. Uh, females are dying in wars in Syria. She's helped arm ISIS. What is more anti-female than ISIS? She is a close ally of Saudi Arabia. What country is more anti-female than Saudi Arabia when where women are not allowed to drive, where women have no rights whatsoever? I mean, these are the people that Hillary Clinton is associated with. She is a non-feminist. She is an anti-feminist. So any woman out there that says, I'm with her, and it's because she's a woman, Go away. Why are you allowed to vote? I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd. You should know the basics about your, what your candidate supports if you're going to be. I'm not really at t- saying we should remove the rights of vote to people, but uh, sometimes I wonder if we need a little bit of a higher bar to be passed before you do. The Democratic Party has much better women to offer than Hillary Clinton, too. I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, she's from Hawaii. I believe her name is Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know if that's right. But uh, she was the one who nominated Bernie Sanders at the convention. She's a veteran that. She left the DNC because she preferred Sanders and she felt because she couldn't be impartial. So she wasn't going to be corrupt like Debbie Wasserman Schultz and I guess everybody else. So she left her position, backed Bernie, and she did that because as a veteran and how hawkish Hillary was, she said, there's no way I could support this foreign policy. Bernie is my choice. I, she just could not follow someone like Hillary. And even Bernie's like, no, 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 go, go vote for Hillary. Don't, don't worry about me. But she's like, no, yeah. I'm nominating you anyway, motherfucker. Yeah, he's a sellout. But I mean, if you want a woman, I mean, I don't agree with Tulsi and you know Democratic policies, but there are much better Democratic women you could get behind. Like Hillary's the worst. I don't understand people that don't see it. I understand all the Donald Trump hate and I accept it, but not if you're at the same time saying that there's nothing wrong with Hillary. Yeah, yeah. Both anybody that, that is so upset about Trump that they must support Hillary has just zero credibility to me because it means you are not doing even even a cursory analysis of of the actual candidates that we're talking about here. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, the, there is the same thing coming back from the Trump people. I mean, I know a lot of people. Who I, I guess I look at it different because I don't actually know Trump people, whereas I live here in California and Los Angeles. I only know Hillary people. <laughs> I don't know a single Trump person. So you might have a different. Uh, actually, uh, if you don't mind, you don't need to name names. But I know you mentioned that uh, after your family vacation recently, you're pretty sure most of your family was going to vote for Trump. And, and if, yeah. And it's it's not it's not even like, uh, you know, it, it's not even just my family. It's a, a lot of people I know. I mean, I can't even count the number of people I know that said they're going to vote for Donald Trump. It's it's probably. It's actually probably equal to Hillary Clinton. It's probably pretty split. So is, but, is it because they are pro Trumpsters or are they just like they hate Hillary so much that? No, yeah, they, they are. They are definitely not pro Trump. I mean, I have I've, I've had conversations with a lot of these people that, you know, they'll have the same concerns that I do about about torture, about how Trump wants to run the economy like a dictator. how he wants to impose tariffs, 
how he could raise taxes, how he's talked about universal health care. They'll say all those things. Say, I, I agree. I, I agree. All that stuff is scary. It could be bad. It could be real bad. But we can't have Hillary Clinton in office. Did, did you guys think that what, what if Trump does end up winning, becomes like an awful dictator? Don't you want him to know we supported him? <laughs> I don't want to be taken off to some camp. Maybe I, I need to get my name on the support Trump uh, bandwagon. You can, wear, you can wear like a little DT badge, on, uh, like armband. I got I got news for you, Howie. Well, you're already on this podcast saying some disparaging things about Trump, so I think you might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I hate Do you think Trump email. listens to podcasts? I don't know. He doesn't <laughs> use email. He does use Twitter. The Lions of don't. Liberty podcast. It's a fantastic program. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> These are wonderful guys. Uh, the libertarians, they're, they're, I don't agree with all of them, but they're wonderful people. I'm happy to have them uh, uh, supporting my campaign. Oh, 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 they're not supporting it? Oh, all right. That's my. Like that sounds like Bernie Sanders like impersonating <laughs> Donald Trump. I, I was just thinking that towards the end. I was like, man, my Trump is really starting to merge with my Bernie. Maybe I'd I should like go back a- and stick, stick to my Alex Jones. I'd like to ask our listeners, please don't retweet any of my anti-Trump comments. I don't. I don't want any repercussions once uh, his regime takes over. Yeah, I, I don't know if the, <laughs> the lack of retweets is what's going to save you. If, if I'll tell you what, I, I'm a lot more scared of repercussions from Hillary than than from Trump. I think she is a lot longer kill list. And you know what? In a way, because people see Trump as like this potential dictator, I kind of feel like maybe the American people will watch over him more. There'll be a little more of a watchdog. Congress might restrain him a little more. I mean, I mean, I think every move he makes will be so closely looked at. Whereas we already know the Clintons can get away with anything. I mean, look what look at all the bad yeah. stuff Bill Clinton did, and he's still hailed as one of our greatest presidents of all time because lucky for him, the dot com boom happened to come around. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 blatant. Hillary Clinton just doesn't even try to hide it anymore. After that DNC leak, obviously, Debbie Wasserman Schultz resigns. Literally hours later, she's working on Clinton campaign. Did you see the the CEO of the DNC resigned today? I don't know if uh, has Hillary hired her yet, too. I'm sure she will. Probably. <laughs> I don't see why not. I think if you uh. resign uh, for any kind of scandal, you immediately get with that resignation. You send in the resignation and then someone else at the same time. And the other hand is handing you your offer letter from the Clinton. They campaign. say she'll fit right in. <laughs> she's, she's got upper management written all over her. This one. Do you think uh. Bill Weld is going to work in the Clinton administration? <laughs> That's yes. a question. Like, I'm not even kidding. I fully expect if Hillary Clinton is nominated, Bill Weld is going to have an ambassadorship to like, I don't know, maybe not somewhere great, but like somewhere. If if he does, I want an apology from all the really militant Gary Johnson people that have been kind of upset with us. Oh, man, there's 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 apologies coming. I'm OK. I can see why people would support Gary Johnson. Like he's done some good things. But the Bill Weld stuff is is really just it's really dragging this thing down, man. I mean, you guys hear. Mr. Johnson's neighborhood. I mean, half the time Gary's doing well, then suddenly we bring up the Bill Weld points and he gets knocked down again. Yeah. And and I agree before I was saying, you know, I think we're being too hard on him, but that doesn't mean I don't think when our guy's wrong, we should correct him and say, no, this is wrong. Maybe overall, this is why we think he'd be the best choice, but he's wrong on this. And this is why it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, you know, the truth wins out, call, call our leaders out when they're wrong, praise them when they're right. I, th- I think that's something Lions of Liberty does really well, and I, ho- I hope that never changes. And that, that's something I really appreciate about 
libertarian politics in general is that, you know, you see religious Trumpsters, you see religious Hillary people. I'm with her. No matter what she does, I'm with her. I don't care who she kills, what brown people she kills. I'm with her. She's the woman. You see these people out there. I mean, and there's no criticism allowed of their own candidate. Whereas libertarians, I mean, I, I can pretty much say I'll probably, almost definitely, if I vote, it'll be for Gary Johnson, and I almost definitely will vote for him for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I'm going to, this whole time, spend my time criticizing him when appropriate and praising him when appropriate. Like, why is that so hard for so many other people to do? They just have a religious... Fr- Maybe it's because they don't pay attention until two months before the election, at which point all there's left is, is you know, hysteria and election hype and, oh, she's not Trump, we got to vote for her. But, man, I am just so sick of the I'm with her. I'm so sick of the... the just the, I don't like I said I don't see the side of, of the Trump side of this, but even the way you describe it, Odie, it sounds like even the Trump side is not. It's not because they're with Trump; it's because they're anti-Hillary. They're not with her. Yeah, you, you're exactly right. This whole election is about um, not. It's it's not about who you want to vote for. It's about voting for the person you don't want to vote for. And it's it's sad. I, I saw an article a couple of days ago about uh, talking about the primaries. And it's segmented out, you know, the people that didn't vote at all, the people that that don't vote, they only vote in the general, not in the primaries, then the people that voted in the primaries, and then only the people that voted for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And it's only 9% of the United States that has voted for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. That's I mean, a that's, crazy that's, stat. That's insane. And part of that that's, 9% includes the most votes that anyone has ever gotten in a GOP primary. So it really shows you what a small percentage of the population has a major influence on our politics. And most people don't pay attention until that part is over, which is just, it's just mind boggling. We live in this. Libertarians should be able to take over. It should be easy. (laughs) It was easy. And that's what we'll say (laughs) when it's all done. (laughs) We all laugh and have a good time and talk about how easy it was. Once we figure it out, all we have to capture capture is 9% or so. Um, I, I think we'll start wrapping things up, guys. I gotta, I gotta ed- edit this thing and pump it out for everybody's earbuds tomorrow. This is, this is gonna be fresh off the presses, but I wanna wrap things up, uh, with one thing in our final thoughts here. And this is something I'm gonna try to maybe do every time we have these roundtables and see if our positions shift at all along the way. But I want you guys to just predict, um, let's just do it percentage wise, even though that's not how they calculate the, the presidency at all. But let's just go by popular vote. If you had to decide today, you can rank them in order. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Gary Johnson. What's your Based on the knowledge we have at hand today, what's your prediction for those percentages? If you want to toss in a Stein figure, you can do that, too. Okay, I'm not good with numbers, but I'm going to yeah, say you can make that them up, but we'll get the I'm going to say I can say that Trump is going to barely edge out Hillary and beat her with uh, probably Gary Johnson coming in around like, oh, the actual election. Yeah, I don't know. The act- I don't know. Maybe right? like maybe like three percent. And okay, so you don't G- think we're hitting that five or that fifteen that everybody's been touting? I, I hope so, but I don't think so. And I bet you Jill Stein gets like point five of a percent or something. All right, so you're still taking Trump for the majority, but but squeaking it out, not necessarily a landslide or anything. Yeah. All right, Odie, nope. what do you think? I'm going to say, and I'm not good at math either, so this might not add up to 100, but... Uh, the Lions of Liberty. We're not we're not good <laughs> at math, but listen to us about everything else. That's our tagline. We'll say Trump. Trump with 48%. Um, Clinton with 45%. Johnson with 3 And Jill Stein with something close to 1 or under 1. 
All right, yeah. I don't Which that does not add up to 100. Ah, so. There's some other guys out there, you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to write a Mickey Mouse. Did you actually see that Harambe, the gorilla, pulled like 5%? The dead gorilla got pulled like 5% against Clinton and Trump? <laughs> I, I don't even understand, like, if somebody read that to me, if, I, if I'm sitting through a poll and somebody read that to me, I I, I wouldn't even, I would slap them for wasting my time. Like, are you serious? Through, through the phone. <laughs> really? Them. I'd be like, Trump, Clinton, or Harambe the gorilla? I for Harambe. Har- because he's dead, so he can't like do any damage, you know. But then, who would be his successor? Who's I need to know who this dead gorilla's vice president is, you know? Bill Weld. Bill uh, Weld. <laughs> Bill Weld <Bill laughs> pops out from behind Harambe. I'm running. I with think him. it might. I think it was supposed to be Cecil the lion before he got shot. <laughs> the, the line of succession is just getting knocked down in the animal kingdom. Uh, well, it's well, it's going to swoop in either way. All right, I'm going to. Yeah, you're right. The math thing was just a bad idea from the get go, huh? I'm going to say that. That Trump ends up with something like 52% of the vote or something like that. But but when it comes to states, it's going to look more like a landslide because I think he's going to win like significantly more states. And I know this is completely not against popular opinion or pl- what what many political pundits think can happen. But I just think that Trump is highly underpolled. And I think a lot of anger is going to go towards Trump. And I think a lot of it's silent anger. I think there's a lot of people out there that really, really hate the way they have been screwed and Hillary Clinton represents represents that it represents the establishment that has that has forced them into their situation that they're in. And I think that anger is Gary Johnson isn't capturing anger. You know, he's capturing maybe some sensible people that see something wrong. He's not capturing anger. And sadly, it's the motion that fuels politics. And Trump is capturing that more than anybody. So I think he's going to have over 50 percent and uh, win a majority of electorates. And then Clinton will have, you know, she'll be not too far behind in the probably in the in the mid 40s somewhere. And you know, I'll I'll give Gary Johnson. Mm, see, even the three percent that you guys are tossing out there is is three times more than a libertarian's ever gotten. So, I mean, even to, to to claim even that is actually a very big change. But it does seem like there is enough people looking at him uh, that he probably will get the most votes a libertarian's ever gotten. So, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give him the five. I'm going to give him five percent. Although I I, I got to admit I'm stretching I'm stretching the reality that I believe exists by saying that. But I do see a lot of people on both sides actually talking about him. So I do think a lot of those people will default to I'm scared of Trump. I'm scared of Hillary and end up on a you know voting Democrat or Republican. But I think a significant number and this could change if if Gary gets into the debates. I think that. Just like he's saying that could change the conversation, it might change it for the worse. It might send him back to 1%. I don't know. But but I, I think just – I do think there is some credence to just allowing him on the debate stage will change people's perception uh, uh, in general. So I think that could actually help him regardless of his actual performance in the debates. So looks like we got it unanimous. Uh, and uh, Please, anybody out there, do not take this as support for Donald Trump. This is the way we see the, the things going. It's the way we see things playing out. It uh, doesn't mean it's what we want. Uh, I, I don't think there's a good scenario that works out here. I mean, we're either going to get Hillary or Trump. I mean, that's that's pretty much the facts. Uh, so uh, those facts as they may be, we have to just kind of look at them and, 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 and analyze how we think things will play out. So oh, I want to say, sadly, we all think Donald Trump will be president. But I mean, I don't I don't I wouldn't feel better if we all thought Hillary would be president. So this really does seem like a, a race with with really no good outcome. So. Until then, all we can do is keep uh, keep pointing out, uh, keep keep nitpicking the Johnson Well campaign, I guess, and keep trying to, to to express the ideas of liberty in this in this crazy year. So, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining me again for another one of these roundtables. It's been a blast, and I hope you uh, continue your drinking into the evening as I edit this program. Until I talk to you next time, live long and live free. <laughs>